This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you as ever to our patrons, Kate Prostaskius, Leroy, Josh, Tiana, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Konohamaru, Buyag, Starry, Red Dead Coquette, Logan, Punching Potato, and Jen Solo. Thanks again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, onto the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another mental episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. Ah, uh, you did a you did a voice this time. I did a voice this time. You see, everybody, I, I owe you that one. We've been recording for the past 18 minutes. Well, Andrew has. <laughs> Andrew's been recording. I haven't <laughs> I haven't done anything. <laughs> I I never hit record. So I was just telling Andrew about my week, which is good. It is good. It is good. And I was interested, but I will not ask you to do that again. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no one cares now. Like, that's fine. Oh my goodness. That- so the, the, I guess the, the quick recap is, uh, I spent my week playing league of legends like crazy and playing with my new phone mm. and playing with my new cats. I didn't mention that. Yeah, you got a new so, kitty. I got two cats. They don't like each other. They don't? No. Oh, so, no. So we're working hard how, to try to get them to. How is that working? So we have to basically keep them separated or we need to watch them constantly. So we we try to do little things like have them eat together. Mm. Um, or just be in the same room for a little bit, you know, under, you know, strict supervision. Sure. But the big, the bigger one, uh, Tig, he'll just jump on Fia and start biting her. He'll just go full alpha, huh? Yeah. And like, she goes back in, like, she's like, she wants to play with him. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that he wants to play with her too, but he doesn't know if they're playing mm. or if they're fighting. Like, he crosses the line and we have to, we have to like separate them. That's uh, interesting. We've also been doing this thing where like they eat on opposite sides of a door yep. so that they, they can like smell each other and I've heard and be of, aware. I've heard of doing that on like opposite sides of a baby gate too, where they can actually yeah. like see each like other see. too. But yeah, it's um man that, that is, that is a challenge I have not undertaken. I mean, our our kitty buttons like we've we've toyed around with the well i have toyed around with the idea my wife is very firm like nah (laughs) but i've i've tossed around the idea of like bringing in another kitty and i mean at this point buttons is 10 years old and Mm. and and he's a big old cat so yeah he he could eat my new cat (laughs) No problem. Like you could just swallow them right up. So I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would be necessarily too worried about bringing no. in another cat, but at the same well, time, also you've had that cat for a hot minute. He's going to start having issues and 
Mm. You're probably not gonna not to like rain on your parade. <laughs> like, well, I mean, cats cats can live a dang long time. My my aunt and uncle, um, their cat yeah, they could still get sick a bunch though. Oh, he's man. I, we have had him on such a steady, mm. unchanging diet and stuff that like you know, I figure if it ain't broke, don't don't fix it. I mean, if it's working, yeah, yeah, no, that's great. That's great. I just age happens. Age you know? does happen. That's you know is is that is it has that been weighing on your mind since since your birthday? Oh yeah, I mean every birthday, I, yeah, I get a little melancholy. I for sure. I always wonder about that. Like there there are some people who like loathe birthdays. Like you know just. Oh, I don't need to be reminded of my mortality yeah. kind of thing. That's a lot. Um, yeah. And I'm hitting the big four O this next year. Oh man. I'm yeah. for me this month, I will be 38. Um, yeah. and yeah. you know, still having that one or two years left in the thirties, I'm, I'm starting to realize is like kind of a, kind of a straw to grasp at. Like, Oh, I'm still, I can still say I'm in my thirties. <laughs> yeah. And in, in less than two years, I'll have a high schooler. Oh my God. You know, that's, that's nutty. That, that is and nutty. not long after that, I'll start having students that were children of my students, oh. you know, and that's <sighs> like, <laughs> I, that yeah. would, that would, that that should and I'm going to teach them all D and D and gaming. Yeah, there you go. Even when it's weird, why is this old guy teaching gaming? You know, does he even does he even know? Listen, in my day, I used to go to Blockbuster Video Man. and rent a Nintendo Entertainment System when I was sick, and I would plug in the coaxial cable. To the back of the television. Why are you making up words, Mr. Power? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're not saying things that mean anything. <laughs> You're just, he's going senile right in front of us. But here's the other thing like, a lot of like, um, a lot of uh, computer applications will have like a save button, right? Mm hmm. And what's the icon for save? It's, often like a floppy disk. Yep. And so I'm like, hit save. And they're like, where is it? And I'm like, well, I mean, fair enough. Like there's no way, there's no reason you would know about that unless you're just been doing it. Oh my God. You know, I can remember saving my Diablo two files on a floppy disk and then like reloading it to duplicate items. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, you dude. Know? Okay. So, we were hanging out with some new family friends of ours, and uh, we met because they they have a, a little girl who is the same age as our youngest. Um, they got to be friends, so we all started hanging out. So they were over swimming. We were out at the pool talking, and her dad was talking with me and goes, you want to do something that'll really trip you out? You find Find a kid who's like you know, in their young teens or so. And you ask them if you were to like mime picking up a phone with your hand, how do you do it? Yeah. Just and, go up to some random kid. Yeah. Hey kid. <laughs> hey kid. 
make 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 like a phone with your hand. And then they when, spray you in the face with mace. <laughs> when if we were to do it, how do you do it? Yeah, well, yeah, you do like the hang loose. Yeah, it's the extended symbol. thumb and you, you the know. extended pinky, right? Like yeah, the receiver. That's right. And then you you bring it up. Yep. My my buddy goes, kids will now do this. And it's like making your palm and fingers and thumb completely flat and putting it up to the side of your face. And I was right, like, like, what kind of monster does yeah, that? Normal. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, did, I used to have a rotary phone. Oh, yeah. My grandma and grandpa I mean, I, had I, one, too. I played with that thing like crazy. Yeah. yeah. I used to make phone calls. I w- I was, I'd be watching Nickelodeon. I'd be watching all that, and they'd be doing some sort of call-in thing to, like, win a prize. And I would... <laughs> you call in? <laughs> I'd Oh, I'd try to call in, yeah. I was always too scared to, like, try the number. I was like, <laughs> Dad, that's, they're going to make fun of me. It's never going to work. <laughs> I'll oh, never man, be I, caller number nine. I'll be eight or ten. Yeah, I gave it a shot. You know, once I got touch tone, I was like, oh, boy, now I can I can speed right in. Oh, man. Get in That's there great. like lightning. Uh, yep. You know, yep. speaking of getting into places like lightning, if you remember way back, I want to say near the end of season two for 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 us, season two of Inspiration okay. Point. We did our build a dragon episode. Yeah. For that episode, I did what is probably to this day my favorite intro for the show. And that was, you know, those who've been listening for a while know I do some silly intros every now and then. It's become a thing. Um, It was my monster truck intro. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this past weekend, I actually got to go see some monster trucks for the first time. (laughs) It was cool. Granted, it was like kind of minor leagues monster trucks. Like they're. Yeah, but who cares? You know, (laughs) but still super fun. I could not believe some of the hang time that these guys got off these ramps. Like it was it was pretty unbelievable. And then they had like the Megasaurus come out and like eat a car and stuff it was it was pretty rad so (laughs) i had fun my kids lost their minds they had a great time (laughs) before the show we got to go ride in the back of one of the monster trucks they had like two rows of seats in the back and uh my daughter's like we get into this sharp turn i could not believe how much mud was flying up everywhere like Maybe I should have predicted, but I did not. And there's like (laughs) chunks and clods of mud and dirt just raining down. And I look across from me and my youngest daughter, her seatbelt comes loose. Oh, no. As we are like hauling ass through this dirt field, we're bouncing and freaking like jouncing all over the place. And. Our, our friends, uh, you know, my youngest wanted to sit with her friend's mom, you know, and she sees Liana's belt come loose and she like freaks out and like gets her arm over my kid. And I look over at my oldest and he's like holding his ears while his protective earmuffs are in his lap. 
and he's like <laughs> trying to like hold on. He doesn't know what's going on. I'm looking at the ear covers going, those are going to bounce right out the back of the truck. So I'm like trying to str- stretch across the aisle and like hold everything together. It was a freaking mess. And then by the end, like we tell the driver what happened. He's like, oh my God, if someone just like, you know, hit my shoulder and told me, but there was so much going on it. Oh my God. Yeah. It was just, we got to the end. We're like, so did you guys have fun? <laughs> and they're like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, hopefully they'll, they'll think back on it and go, oh yeah, that was awesome. Oh, you know, totally. Or, totally. That's a cool thing I did. If they, I don't know if they can, but yeah, I don't remember a whole lot from that age, but. It was uh, it was it was an experience too. though, and now I can say I saw monster trucks. So that's pretty rad. So monster trucks. Speaking that's of cool. monster trucks, um, last week we talked about the physical GM stats, the the monster truck category yeah. of GM stats. That's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> that was a. That segue was like the ride you had. Yeah. See, you know, that, that was, that was sure my seatbelt came off. That was called the take it or leave it segue technique. That's I make a segue. Even if it's not a segue, we roll with it. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. I love it. Uh, I love it. Perfect. So this week. I imagine really talk about the mental stats yeah, of mental. a GM. Okay, so we talked about strength, decks, and con. Now we want to talk about intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Not as they apply to player characters, because we already know how all that functions. We sure but do. How they apply to dungeon masters slash game masters slash storytellers, whatever you want to call them. Because we want to improve at this art form. We sure do. From both from both sides of the screen. So to begin with, intelligence is probably the easiest thing to to understand. Yeah. Okay. We've and we talked about what that is before. Intelligence referring to uh, how much you know and what your knowledge of the game system, as well as the lore yep. and everything else, yep. um, is it your also your ability to organize information, mm. to take good notes, to basically do all the things that we keep telling ourselves we should do better yeah <laughs> no you know and we've had players in gms that have had like encyclopedic knowledge spike and is, we've mentioned before he he has um you know that uh, that meme of charlie day from yeah. always sunny in philadelphia like like manically gesturing at a conspiracy board with like yeah. all the red yarn and stuff. Or if you've <laughs> ever watched Homeland um, and yeah, you know, you have the room of newspaper clippings that spikes brain. <laughs> yeah. And so I can't I even. <laughs> so the, the main purpose here that we want to do is not just describe these, but also talk about how to, Improve them. And and this is something that I think both you and I would say isn't our strongest suit. Yes, um, I would definitely agree with that. You know, which is not to say if you have low intelligence as a GM that you're have low intelligence, right? You know, right. I mean, like you're not stupid. It's just you have strengths in other areas. And so your 
your if you want to improve your intelligence, however, the the simplest thing, of course, is to study. Um, you know, you got to read the books. You got yep. to. Sometimes you got to go beyond that. Sometimes you can consume videos or articles, uh, but basically, it's just accumulation of knowledge. Yeah, and then taking that knowledge and actually using it in a game. Yeah, you have to actually apply that knowledge in order for it to kind of stick anywhere. Yeah, um, you have to bring it up. Taking notes is a really excellent way to at least start remembering information. Right. I I think I think this is one thing that I think is difficult to to prescribe to 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 prescribe in a general way because we're we're getting into the topic of of information retention and that varies wildly depending on the individual because yeah. like especially when it comes to things like note taking certain people for certain people note taking or at least taking notes in the traditional sense doesn't really work. And then for other people, it's like the only thing that works. And then there are all these kind of in-betweens you have, you know, um, so yeah, when I say note taking, you, you gotta be, you have to talk about that a little bit because like, okay, writing down everything you hear is actually not effective. Right. Right. And when it comes to retention of information, most of us can only retain a few things, but notes are generally good for everybody. Mm. It's just something that we would like to not do. But understanding the right way to take notes for yourself is is the more important thing. Like, do you need to get down a couple of bullet points and then refer to them later? Do you need to do some drawing? Do you need to do a diagram? Mm. Any of that stuff. But like copiously, you know, transcribing information. Um, some people do enjoy it. I would say that's more of like the personal preference, right? Yeah. That- Even do, doing something as little as dividing your paper into like sections, you know, like, yeah. so for instance, you, you might be like, like you want to learn some more about rules. You might have a section about like combat, mm. exploration, survival, spells, you know, whatever whatever you want those categories to be. And I would suggest keeping down just one or two things, you know, don't, don't try to fill it up. That that's one problem that I have always had with note taking Mm -hmm. because I worry so much about like, what if I miss something that I will try to write down everything and it gets to be, it's just daunting. And before long like you're you're pretty much guaranteed to miss something because you're not going to be able to to maintain a a writing speed or a typing speed that can match the spoken flow of information especially during a game yeah you know it it's yeah, it's no, unsustainable it, it, it can be. so i i've downloaded a few uh note formats that like other people have made Hmm. online like either as a gm or as a player like people have made templates and um have you i think they're pretty useful um i've forced my students to use them Mm. so i 
I'd print a bunch out and I hand them out and then they've got to take notes on their session for like the hour and a half that they play. And then they hand it in to me at the end. And I'm looking for information on all the sections because I know stuff is happening in the game. Right. Right. And some of them, um, you know, do better than others. But note taking is a skill in, in, and it's, in and of itself. Right. Being able to write down that which is important. I think a lot of times the reason why students might opt to write down everything because they're afraid of missing information is largely due to just unfamiliarity with the subject in general. Mm. And so what they what they need to do is go with more of like a bullet point system to start with, like and anything that just really grabs you. Yeah. Because I keep in mind that like in a given lesson, you're going to learn like maybe, you know, three, five things Mm. and everything else is going to be stuff you're going to have to review on your own anyway. Mm. And so you just try to engage with the discussion as much as you can. But let's say you're just sitting down reading one of these books and that's all you really have time for. Right. Don't try to like absorb the entire section. Right. You know, grab a page or two. Ask yourself an essential question, maybe like, how does grappling actually work? Mm. Right. And then you can you can title it that way and you can go through the steps and then maybe you can do a rephrase um, or draw a diagram with like the squares or hexes, whatever you're using. You know, any of that kind of thing can be helpful if you really don't know. I mean, for the most part, most players aren't going to bother to do all this. Right. What they're going to do is they're going to they're going to sit down and read. Mm-hmm. But in that case, what I would recommend doing is, again, just chunking it. Yeah. So just like learn one thing a day. If you learn like one thing a day, your knowledge is going to increase dramatically. Yeah. You know, that's what, true. back when we were in college, we didn't really have smartphones. Right. So I always kept, <laughs> you know, one of the game books in the bathroom. Yep. And I would literally just learn more about third and fourth edition just on the toilet. Yeah. You know, I know it sounds kind of gross. But hey, bathroom like, readers have been a thing f- since <laughs> they've the, been like the dawn of time. Absolutely. You know, and I learned a lot from just just sitting there and, and reading like one page. Og take stone news tablet to toilet. Og sit and <laughs> read stone tablet. Ah, ha, ha. Calvin and Hobbes. So funny. Ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, th- um, I think. You know, I went a little bit off there about just like students in general, but um, at the end of the day, I think that just the easiest thing to come away with is learn a thing a day. You're, you're going to be great. Yeah, I think with with taking notes to especially when it comes to like in game, I think the other thing that I get hung up on is finding time to actually write stuff down. Now, do you mean as a GM or as a player? Um, even as a player, generally just mm. because like I want to stay active, I want to stay engaged, I want to be present for what's yeah. going on. And, you know, even when other people are taking their turns, I I want to give them the respect of pay, trying my best to pay attention to what they're doing and if they do something that involves me or my character yeah you know i want to be able to respond promptly with an awareness of what just happened where typically yeah. with my brain if i'm like writing something down 
I'm thinking about what I'm trying to write down on the paper and I have to shut off my other senses more or less. Um, so my focus shifts and then I come back and then, you know, I've missed like a minute or two, which doesn't, yeah, that, I think that's perfectly, perfectly understandable. Right. And I've mentioned having the same problem with mm-hmm. like audiobooks, Yeah. Right. And so I think you're not alone in that. Like we all struggle with that. So what I would recommend is to write down less mm. and go ahead and let the GM know that you're taking notes. GMs love to know that you're taking notes. Mm. And so if you go, Oh, what was his name again? How do I spell that? You know, just go ahead and do that. That way you're, you're kind of letting everyone know, Hey, maybe we should all write this down. Mm. You're letting the GM know, go going, I am paying attention. I am hearing you. Cause right. My instinct when I ask those questions is like, I'm being a pest. The GM wants to move on. He doesn't want to have to spell all this out for me. No, it's a compliment. Okay. Right. It's like, it's like burping at dinner, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know, know? don't try this at uh, home, kids. That was good. No, just like, you know, try to try to just write down things quickly and quietly if you can. But if you need clarification, as long as he's not in the middle of like an emotional beat and he's like in the verge of tears, right? Hey, <laughs> like, I'm going to yeah, need you to put a damper on the tears. I need the correct spelling of this. How many apostrophes <laughs> are in this name? Hyphens, X's, umlauts set me straight. <laughs> um, pro tip as a GM also, uh, try not to go with too many names that are like difficult to pronounce. Don't do that. Um, also think of like, okay, you want to have your dragon with like a big, long name. Fantastic. I do that too, but maybe also give them a nickname that's memorable. Frank. And then have them live up to that. I mean, even Shakespeare, when he uh, wrote names for his characters, they usually said something about them, mm. right? There would be some sort of clue as to what you're supposed to take away from them. Like, Bassanio is very base and he is therefore sort of um, in tune with his uh, with his appetites. Mm. Right. He's not the smartest guy, but he's very passionate. Mm. Right. Uh, we have another Pandarus. Guess what Pandarus does? You know, he panders. Right? Man, like, some of it was stretch. You know, you really don't have to go too crazy. But if you want players to like remember stuff, make it easy. Yeah. Right. Um, don't get so fancy that they can't follow you. Also make sure that they're differentiated from each other enough so that things don't bleed in. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. Um, you know, that would just make life easier for your players. I know some people record sessions, but that means that they're going to have to like go back and re-listen to sessions. And that can be incredibly time consuming. Oh, yeah. So unless you're like editing it together for like a podcast or something, I don't see, you know, uh, I, I know one person who does that and who's not turning it into a podcast. And I then, you know, all the more power to him. It's actually one of our patrons. Um, but, you know, I think for the for the average bear, they're not going to do that. Oh, of course not. And and nor should that be the expectation. But. Here's the other thing. You're you're sitting down, you're writing down a couple of notes. You write down like the name of the person, what they did in like one word if you can. It's a little few as you can. And like 
maybe one other key word about it, mm. right? Remember that magic word, that magic number of three that we talked about? Yeah. You know, it applies to so many situations. You know, you might just say tavern keeper, contract bandits, uh. right? 20 silver, you know, whatever. Like just the most perm, uh, not permanent, um, uh, pertinent uh, information that you need in that moment. And then here's something that students are very bad at and they need to do. And it's true for players as well. You need to review. You need to read it again. That, so that That's something I'm horrible about. I'll take notes. Most people are. I'm blue most in the are. face. And then I'm like, well, I took my notes. I don't need to read them. So it, in yes. my job, I am required to check over my students' notes. Mm. And it's not enough that they, even if they write down everything I say, it's not enough. They they need to show evidence that they've gone through and that they have reviewed them. Right. We need to see highlighters, underlines, color coordination, you know, drawings, whatever. Mm. They can kind of come up with their format on their own. We can give them some suggestions, um, but they can't just write down words. Mm. I've had students transcribe everything in my government class. Before, it's not that helpful, even if I allow them to have open notes, because the problem with that is then you they can't like find anything either. Yeah, and they can't find them. They can't find them because they haven't organized. They haven't looked through. They don't know what it says. They're just mindlessly copying down information. So let that be a comfort to people, actually. Like you didn't write down everything the GM said. Good. You shouldn't. OK, your GM in the story probably only gave you a handful of pieces of information you actually needed. Right. And so if you wrote down tavern keeper contract bandits, 20 silver, you know, then when you go back and and you read that, you might annotate, right? You might add something next to it. You might build that out a little bit more. Maybe ask yourself a question like, did I catch his name? And if you don't know, just write name in parentheses with a question mark. Sure. And then maybe highlight that. And then next time you go back, you go, hey, GM, what was the name of the tavern keeper? Mm. You know, or when you get in, say, hey, tavern keeper, what's your name then? Hey, you know, and then, of course, it's Winthrop. Of course. So, uh, yeah, I know that was a lot about notes and that's boring. But I mean, we are talking about the intelligence stat. (laughs) And it's super boring. (laughs) Let's be real. So (laughs) it takes a lot of reading. Just kidding. Don't at me, Spike. Uh, also, I'd be I'd be remiss not to mention uh, AJ Pickett's uh, channel, The Mighty Glue Stick. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Lore Central, baby. Who we've had on the show before, and he does a whole lore channel, and they're really just amazing videos, and he's just an amazing guy. And if you want to know anything about a monster or like a location, a faction, a race, Anything having to do with, with this hobby, with Dungeons and Dragons specifically. Um, yeah, he's got, a, you know, probably a good 30 to, to 60 minutes of information to give you about that subject. He's, he's You're going to get a lot thorough. more from that than the wiki. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. And you get it in Mr. A.J. Pickett's dulcet tones. Yeah, I, by the way, I was really intimidated running running um, Storm King's Thunder for him and, and for Spike mm-hmm. also. And going, okay, of the three of us, I know the least amount about the Forgotten Realms. Oh, yeah. You know, but like, I only really need to know a couple of places really well. Yeah. Right. And so I would, I, I knew a lot about the sort of Deseran Valley and places north of there. 
And, you know, but I didn't, I don't know anything about Sembia. I'd like, I've heard of it. I don't, I think there's sand. Like, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care. I, I know Rashomon's a thing because they played Baldur's Gate, but I, you know, there's like witches, I guess. And like, who cares? I mean, okay. So, but if I ever run in that region, then yeah, I should know everything about that. Right. So you got to pick your battles, but the most important thing for, for students and, and players slash GMs alike is to apply knowledge, right? If you don't practice it, you will lose it. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you, if you want to talk about Knowles in your game, you know, read about Knowles, read about Yinagu, and then have it come up. Yeah. Right. And play it out, role play those situations. A lot of monsters have uh, really fantastic information about them uh, before the stat block. Oh, yeah. And it's something that we a lot of times kind of gloss over. But they give a lot of good information about how to like play them and how to introduce them and the environment they should be in and what they're likely doing at the time. A lot of and, a lot of that even yeah. gets uh, expanded on in the monsters know what they're doing by Keith Amon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's there's a dude who talk about somebody who leveled up their intelligence stat. Oh Good yeah, Lord. I mean a lot of these resources that we've talked about before yeah. are about leveling up your intelligence. Yep, big time. Um, big yeah, time. so Keith Mon's really good. Uh, I like to watch stuff that's about like builds mm. and strategy. So stuff like Tree at Monk's Temple or Pack Tactics, those are very interesting to me. Very not cool. for everybody. If uh, probably the best thing I've seen is Z Bashu's uh, animated spellbook. Because those videos are like a minute and a half <laughs> dude, and they just talk about like one thing. And then by the time it's over, you know, everything about that thing, right? Like just a spell that's or that is the dream, a, a weird mechanic, you know, and I love, and it's all animated and pretty looking. And I love that. Yeah, so, definitely. Definitely. Agree. Um, um, is it, we should probably move on. Yeah. Any, <laughs> any other small things to note about intelligence? I, I, intelligence is about study. That's all I could really say. Yeah, I I would. I think I would ag- study and apply. Study and apply. agree with that. Um, I think I think maybe one small tip I would uh, throw in there, and this is this is something that I that's been helping okay. me a bit recently is be try if you're not already try to pay attention to what things grab your interest too because if you're just trying to like write down everything or be like super comprehensive in your notes or in things that you study that can make it not only just from a from an amount of work uh side difficult but it also just when you don't have that gut level interest it can just become exhausting. So if you can think of something that you really do want to know, that can be incredibly helpful in sustaining your momentum while you're trying to study. If the stuff you're reading is like, Ooh, like I actually find that interesting instead of thinking like, Oh, I just ought to know this because reasons, you know, um, if you if you can find that genuine interest to kind of help drive your p- 
pursuit of study, that can be really, really, really helpful. Uh, I wanted to bring up uh, one of the note templates I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, and this one I'm looking at it. I was actually using it for Curse of Strahd. Ooh. Um, so I had like my character name on it. Like it, it's kind of formatted like a character sheet. And then it would say like the campaign name and what session you're on and what the date is. Mm. The date's very useful to keeping things uh, um, organized. Yeah. And then it has a set section for basically general notes, a to-do list and miscellaneous. There's not as much here as I would have liked. I found another one that was a little bit better where it had a section for like NPCs you met, mm. uh, loot gained, you know, stuff like that. Ooh. So any, any kind of, kind of uh, sectioning off that you can do just you know i come up with your own template right it's it's easy to do just go what's in, what's important to me what would what maybe even go like what would my character actually write down if it was like their journal right like that's something i what, used to do is actually what, keep would grognar, yeah and that's that is a ton of work and that's yeah. something you would do after the session yeah. but you could take your shorthand notes and use them for that purpose right, right. and so but like if I'm playing Grognar the Barbarian, Grognar, he's no not right. gonna t- he's not gonna talk about like the minutia of like the political machinations happening around him. But he is gonna write down I found a ruby, right? And he's gonna write down stuff like I skinned three wolves. Um we met this guy, his name was like John or something, and he told us to go kill bandits. I killed a bunch of bandits. One of them told me they were working for this group. Their symbol looked like a skull with a sword on it. Mm. it I thought it was dumb. Grognar. Grognar think skull. Dumb. <laughs> you know. So, but if you're playing a bard, you might write down different things. So, I don't know. Okay. Uh, let's probably move on, yeah? Yeah. Wisdom. Wisdom. W-I-Z-D-U-N-B. That's right. <laughs> What's funny? Um, wisdom is uh, a really super important stat. In fact, you might even say that this show is about helping you increase your wisdom stat when it comes to the game, because wisdom is all about being perceptive and empathetic. Well, we would say that at any rate. We would say that. We yeah. would. Uh, um, we and uh, I just said it again. That's right. You said it again. He said the thing. Um, having empathy for your players, in my opinion, is paramount to the success of your table. Even if you are not an empathetic person by nature, if you approach this entirely selfishly, understand that selfishly, you have a lot more to gain by at least faking empathy <laughs> for your players. There you go. And if you fake it if long you, enough, you might even grow some of it for real. That's right. Yeah, it might. It might just come along. So you have got to, um, you got to reach out yeah, and you've got to pay attention to what's happening around you at the table. I don't know if you want to like take notes cause that could feel a little bit creepy. Right. Mm. But how do we, how do we build this up? Maybe pick a person in your game, um, at your table or your virtual table whatever it is. And it, probably someone you haven't been paying as much attention to. And we, we usually know who that is. We know who has kind of receded a little bit and ask yourself what you know about their mental state regarding the game. Mm. Um, 
and maybe just make it a goal to pay extra attention to them specifically during that next session. Right. And again, I really wouldn't write much down here because that can feel kind of stalkery, but I would say just, just watch and listen. Mm. If someone's not um, participating much, maybe call on them, perhaps find a way to include them. Perhaps in your session prep, think to yourself, how can I get, you know, John Doe to participate a little bit more? How can I make a section of the story that's right for them? Mm. Watch uh, their reactions and see, you know, because it's one thing at the end where we go, okay, guys, do you have any feedback? Because usually people just want to be nice. Yeah. Right. But like, if you pay attention to people's body language or to their tonal inflections, they'll, they'll tell you how they're feeling. Right. You know, I, here's one, right. It's the end of the session. (sighs) Wow. All right. Um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was great. Okay. Uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, thanks for running. Okay. Bye. So that guy needs what to is calm your- down. <laughs> I can't take it. Can't take the enthusiasm. It's too right? much. It's too much. Okay. You know, one out of five, five being the best. How many stars do you think that that player would attribute to that session? Two. Yeah. That's like a two, right? Yep. Like they are not. They enthused. weren't objectively pissed, but yeah. they were about as apathetic as you could sound yeah, yeah lukewarm right Ugh. and and that is not what we're going for i don't need to know uh, how warm luke is he <laughs> can keep that to himself thank you very much it's all that all that blue milk it is um, it really is he's on tattooing so you know it's super super warm warmer than <laughs> milk should not come from a desert planet when you think about it like that's um that's really gross like i never oh my god that's disgusting anyway um here's another reaction oh oh my god wow i am oh my gosh that was that was amazing wow thank you that was an amazing session Holy crap. When, when Fognar said, I'm going to tear your thumbs off. That was hilarious. I loved it. Well done. Well done. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty I, self-explanatory. Clearly that was a three middle of the road. <laughs> three. Like, like <laughs> you know, on a scale of one to five, that was clearly a six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a YouTube channel called XP to level three, and they're like really funny videos that sometimes illustrate these. Like he puts on little skits. Mm. He usually plays like some or all of the characters Mm -hmm. and he has one that is, I think it's called GMs who should have been authors. (laughs) And, and it's like the GM just going off about all the stuff happening around the players and they don't like do anything the entire session. Oh yeah. And then at the end, he's like, well, what'd you guys think? And they're like, well, that was something. (laughs) I've never been in a live audience for, for an audio (laughs) book recording. I didn't know that was a thing. His reactions are so perfect. Like you could tell that he's been on both sides of that. Oh, totally. And like, he's speaking from experience. 
you know, and I've definitely run some games where I've come away and God, I'm definitely not very proud of that. Sure. But I've come away from others where players were like, just, oh my God, thank you so much. And that is, that's the good stuff, man. That's what I love. Yeah. When they give you that kind of feedback. Yeah. So don't just listen to what they say because players will pay you lip service because they're polite. They're generally going to not want to ruin your day. They're generally going to want you to run again because they don't want to run. (laughs) They had a good time eating pizza and hanging out with you. Sure. Right. But pay attention to how they actually react. Yeah. And let the and then be honest with yourself. I I if you if you can do that if you can practice that you'll get better. I would add that um, if you want to get honest feedback from somebody, talk to them alone. Don't ask them like asking for feedback. And you know, so what do you guys when, think when, when you do it publicly? Yeah, you're what you're doing is you're asking for a compliment, right? Because no, I mean, well, I shouldn't say nobody because. You know, some people will. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I like to think that generally I, you know, I would tell you if I noticed something that was like maybe a little sideways. Um, but he, he, even even for me, me it's um, I, I feel much more free and comfortable to give you that feedback one on one or in a private message um, because you know, especially if you had a major problem with something, you know, call trying to deal with that with your GM in front of everyone is yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable so for everybody. They, they might get defensive. They might feel like they have to defend themselves or defend the GM. Um, also, some GMs don't want feedback, frankly. Some of them don't want to hear it. Uh, if you have compliments, they're, they're great for it, but some of them are, they don't want your feedback. They don't need it. I will, and I will fully cop to the fact that in a lot of ways, that's me. It is not entirely me. Like I'll take feedback, but at the same time, you definitely need your compliment sandwich. Like you like a lot of bread on that sandwich. Well, what, (laughs) what I've, what I've realized about myself too, is that, I have a difficult time taking taking feedback from people who and this is this is going to sound this is going to sound bad, but I have a difficult time taking feedback from people who I whose opinion I may not trust or whose perspective I might not be so sure about. Like if I don't feel whether or not you respect their opinion, right, if if that person hasn't given me the impression that they care about me and they, and that they care about my feelings and the work I'm putting in. And if I also am not sure that they even really know what they're talking about, it makes it a lot more difficult for me to, to give more credence to the feedback that they're giving me where Mm -hmm. in, you know, in the case of you and I, I know you very well and mm. I know where your yeah. feedback is coming from. I know the place that you are coming from when you're providing mm. me feedback, whether it's good or bad, where if it's, you know, just Joe Schmo in a pickup group who I've never met, you know, especially if, you know, maybe they were a bit of a pain during the session or something like that. Yeah, you like, you know, that you didn't gel or something yeah and i that even if their feedback was valid that would immediately color how i receive 
that feedback. Um, oh yeah. I mean, and, and that totally makes sense. Um, I would still recommend listening to anyone who wants to give that. Oh, sure feedback right because like i'm definitely sometimes not saying you can, i should you, just keep doing that <laughs> sometimes it's like a pistachio right like you can't take it as it is but you know if you crack open the shell there's probably something good in there yeah and, and so like yeah sometimes i have players where i'm like okay i'm better than you at this but you did say something right that that is not wrong right you know uh you you might think i i did the wrong thing for the wrong reason uh but your conclusion might be correct Mm. right or i might just come away with okay i know that that person wasn't satisfied yeah i think i know the real reason they're not satisfied or you might just go yeah i know why they're not satisfied and i'm not going to give that right because that's just not what i'm doing right and that's that's a different issue but if we want to build up our wisdom, then, I mean, that really begins with listening. Yeah, it, it does. Right. I We have to use the perception skill. We have to watch and we have to listen. And then we have to have the wisdom and the maturity to be able to to process and use it. Um, and uh, that's that's really kind of the the, the tall, long and short. Of it. Yeah. Uh, when I when I was at the uh the gamma trade show um that's a game industry trade show for anyone who's who's listening uh gamma stands for the uh game game manufacturers association um incidentally if you are anyone who is involved in the tabletop game industry whether you are a developer meaning that you're creating the the game stuff yourself like a designer or you're a publisher, or if you work on the retail side of things, or if you're uh, involved in the manufacturing, you can be a member of this. Or if you're also part of the, um, like media, if you're an influencer, or if you run like a streaming game, all these different groups, you can get membership to Gamma. So um, if you're interested in that sort of thing, go look up Gamma and check them out because they're the trade shows are great and they have tons of seminars. And I was at one of these seminars that was being run um, by some of the folks from Paizo. Namely, it was uh, Jason Bowman, I think, who was on the Pathfinder design team. And he was talking about the playtesting process. And he was talking specifically about how to, how to handle feedback especially in play testing when it's when it's phrased badly or like you know somebody might be all cranked up and they're mad and they're like rage posting at you and stuff like that um and he said essentially the best thing you can do is ignore all the aggression and instead look beneath it for what the actual message is like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I thought this mechanic was BS because I blah, 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 this and did that and whatever, whatever. Aside with the aggression and and um, stuff you might not like out of the way, at the root of it is they weren't happy with how this mechanic functioned and they wish that it functioned this 
this other way or they thought that the results were, you know, not gratifying or whatever. That's very useful information. And what's what I found even more enlightening was when he said something to the effect of the fact that they're getting so mad about it or any kind of upset generally actually shows some degree of emotional investment, which is something that like, at least in the moment, my brain had never really gone to. But the fact that they're like, they care enough to get mad where like, you know, generally if you don't really care about the thing, you just go, eh, whatever. And you just, you know, don't even take the time to say anything. But this person cared enough to, to actually give feedback, even though it might've been, you know, not presented ideally. Um, so that, that was, a, that was a lesson I really appreciated that, you know, if you can take a breath and step back from the surface level stuff that you, there are ways to find value even in those difficult kinds of things. So I, I think that's oh, well, valuable. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Like to a certain extent you have to have thick skin and you have to let things roll off, but there might be something in there. Yeah. Right? So um, I don't want to like say that wisdom is all about feedback though. Wisdom not. can also be a lot about just reading the room, reading the moment. Um, I've had many encounters in the past that I just don't do. Mm. Like they're all on my GM layer. I have all the tokens ready to go yep. and they never show up. Mm. Right. Because the moment doesn't call for it there. Maybe the combat went long and they need to not do combat now. Right. Or they need to fight something else. Right. Yeah. Or we need to move the plot along. Now it's getting sloggy. Yep. Okay. So don't do it just because you have it. Yep. Right. It's like, but now they're supposed to fight the dragon. They don't need to. They don't know that there's a dragon. Right. Let them fight the dragon later. Maybe the dragon just decides that, hey, I'm not going to like charge this right now. I'm going to wait. Right. Let's see what they do. Right. Something like that. They, they say uh, generally when, when you're looking at D&D, like Jeremy Crawford has even uh, has even said this because people especially talk about the difference between investigation and perception, which is always a freaking fun conversation. But essentially, the idea is that perception, which is governed by wisdom, is all about your senses, what you can see, hear, smell, taste, touch. And that can be applied to this as well. It's all in the things that you just notice. It's your it's your awareness of what's going on. And then having and having a reliable gut instinct as to how to respond to those things. And to me, this is one of this is one of those things that you really are and and I this is coming from me, y'all. It's something that you only build up from running. You're you you can only develop these instincts, especially as a GM, by having sat in the GM seat and seen these things. It's it's the difference between um, like intelligence is I read it in a book. Wisdom is I've experienced this firsthand. I understand intuitively. Yes, because I've been there 
you know. Yeah, and you can tell when people's participation is kind of dying down when they're kind of checking out. Right. And you need to grab them, right? You need to to swing them back in. Remind them that that you are thinking about them. Yeah. Right. And so and sometimes the analysis paralysis gets a little too strong. It's real. man. And having orcs just attack is a fantastic way to break up some monotony. Yeah. Right. Um, Oh, one one pet peeve I have. (laughs) I don't like it when players do this. Um, when they go, hey, before that happens, I wanted to. It happened. <laughs> it happened. Like, it happened. Like I get it, but it's so like it's such a break in the flow. Like, I just, I don't like that. Nope. Typically, like, especially if it's like suddenly orcs attack. Like, we're not discussing orcs are attacking. You need to roll initiative. Before right? that that's, is long gone, and uh, we're not retconning anything. So. <laughs> So we're not doing that. Move it along. But I wanted to talk to the, oh yeah, you're going to talk to him after because um, you notice when you went to talk to him, uh, it was actually a orc in a bad costume. (laughs) He attacks, rolling his He's like, they're on to us, boys. Oh no. (laughs) Oh man, that's a freaking great idea. A bunch of freaking orcs trying to pose as common villagers. Me just farming over here. Pay no attention. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say that don't be so rigid in your planning that you're unwilling to be flexible, like, flexible right? And use that dexterity. Like, so yeah, dexterity and wisdom often go together. Yeah. Go figure. Right. Wisdom is your ability to even know that something needs to change. Yep. And to recognize that. And then dexterity is how you how you carry that out. Right. Right. And so you're like, you do a random encounter. The fight ends up going long. They take some damage. You're like, oh, I got three more encounters. You roll in the random encounter table. Two hill giants. Ah, boy. Okay. Well, I I know that my players don't want to fight. So what I'm going to do is go full Andrew. And these two ogres are going to be hilarious and stupid. And they're going to have a great conversation. The players can just walk right by him if they want. They're going to be really distracted or they can get involved if they need to. Right. Or I roll on the random encounter table and it says two hill giants. And then I look three sections below that and it says talk to the traveling knight, not non-combat. Okay. So you see a knight. Yep. (laughs) Right. You know, just use the part you need. Yeah. Right. It's totally fine. Yeah. If if they're not feeling the, the beat, then don't do it. And typically what your beats are is typically up, up, down. Sometimes you go down, down, up. Um, but typically it's a two and one relationship. Mm. Right. And so action, action, calm. And if you can kind of just play it like that, like if you don't feel like you can read players at all, that might be a good place to start. Mm. It's just feel okay. Combat, combat, campfire talking. Mm. Okay. Chase scene, uh, hide from the dragon that flies by, uh, meet a merchant on the road, mm. right? Like you can, you can play up that drama, but if it's drama all the time, then it's definitely going to lose its impact. And so I think one other thing, um, that I mentioned in the overall GM stats episode, uh, about wisdom is it, it, I think 
wisdom also entails knowing how to manage the game when you aren't sure what the rules actually say mm, yeah. or if there is a rule for like what's the right call here thing, regardless wisdom will will basically be the thing that governs how you how you wing it how you you know what you make up on the fly um and how mm-hmm. you execute yeah. that sort of thing in order to basically make it feel as if the ruling might as well have been straight out of the book you know it things would will still feel balanced and fair and your players will will trust in the call that you made even if you know even if you're fully open with the fact that you know like I don't know how the book says to do this, but I think we can do it like this and we will. And then we can, we'll do it live, we'll do it live. And then we'll look <laughs> it up after the session and we can go with the right. correct thing later. But for now, or point at the kid that, you know, cares about that and then say, Hey, can you look that up? If he can do but it, we're going to like, but we're going to talk about it after we're just going to do the moment or let's take a quick break. Yep. You know, by the way, knowing when to call break, <laughs> that can also take wisdom. Oh yeah. Um, I've had GMs um, forget to apply this, and then players are uh, uncomfortable, or the GM becomes so engrossed in what they're doing that they just forget about everyone else. Mm. And this can be particularly bad when you go over time. Oh god! Don't don't feel like you're so self important that you can just eat up all the time. <laughs> Respect the moment, the 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 time limit, because people. We all know how difficult it is to schedule these games, right? People have jobs. And so if you're people got to get sleep, yeah, they got to get sleep. They got to get to bed. They got to get the kids. They got to do whatever, you know? And so you, yeah, if they, you say the end time is 1030, it needs to basically be 1030, right? Now you can ask, you can go, Hey guys, I, I got like 10 more minutes that I could do, or I could end it here. You could just ask. Sometimes they were like, no, yeah, give us that 10 minutes fantastic right you know or if the energy's up in the room you can feel it you better yeah if you can see it mm. you know then you know read the room but all re- typically regardless always watch the clock and always ask <laughs> never assume yeah and ask yeah i think that's good yeah so the, yeah i mean there's there's a lot that could be said about wisdom yeah uh, when it also comes to uh, winging a rule, the more that you know about the rules, the better your ability to wing is. Yeah. And so, like, sometimes you know what the grapple rules are. And then you say, you know what, just make a strength check. Mm. Oh, I rolled a natural 20. Okay. Now, technically, I don't have to do anything extra for you. But, hey, you know what would be exciting? If I ask this guy to make another strength check. Right. And then he goes, oh, okay. And he does really well. I'm like, not only do you grapple this guy, you flip him on his back, you pit him to the ground. Right? Yeah. Now, do the, the rules say that? Nah. No. But I think most players get that when a 20 happens, we can just make stuff up. <laughs> right? And we can just have a good time with that. And sometimes the rules that's written can really uh, break the momentum yep. and just saying, well, I'm sorry, but according to the rules, dude, I break the rules constantly Yep. in even when I know them really, really well, you know, uh, sometimes I'll have a player pipe up and answer a question about the rules and I'll say, well, that is true. However, I don't want to, I I'm doing this instead. 
Yep. And usually I'll only do that if it's for the player's benefit anyway, because it's going to be like no argument in that sure. case. You know, I almost never use the r- rules to like make a situation worse for a player unless the drama is just so good for them and they kind of know it. Like they have to be the type of player that will get that. Yeah. You know, so yeah, again, you got to be careful. Yep. Um. Okay. So that's wisdom. We got, we got to jump into charisma. Yeah, we do. And, and wrap it up. Charisma is like what everyone thinks DMing is, mm. right? It's like, oh, I got to be entertaining. I got to be peppy. I got to do voices. I got to do characterizations. And like, man, all that stuff is really fantastic. But you actually can get through DMing without a lot of charisma. Um, I recommend it. <laughs> Highly. But it, it's not a thing that you necessarily have to do. If you can make up for it in other ways, but charisma can be very useful to you in selling all of this stuff. Yeah. At the end of the day, you got to be able to like make people care about your plot and your characters. And if you can't connect with them on that level, then that's going to be really hard. If you approach your GMing like this and all your characters sound like this and your narration sounds like this, and your rules reading sound like this, and everything sounds like this, you will fall asleep and not want to play in this game. That's right. Yeah. Don't so do that. Unless like you're you're doing like a Ben Stein impersonation for a specific character. That might be funny. Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> but if that's like every character, that could be a problem. But if that's all you do, go work on you some inflection. Just- well, like you, lo- you love to do like your Cockney, you well, know, I'll do ruffian all kinds of stuff. Guy. Yeah. It, but like some people only got like one character in the, in the barrel Develop right, in more. the chamber. And so it's like, yeah. Th- so this is where we talk, come to developing charisma. Yes. Like one, learn a new character, right? Come up with a new characterization and just like have the players only meet like one NPC this week because you're trying out your Scottish accent, right? And even if you can't do the accent, like, oh, he's going to have a certain manner of speaking. Right. Uh, There's certain words he's always going to bring in. This is his favorite idiom. You know, phrases, man, uh, they're so they're very helpful. I played a character who is is a ranger and I had this ranger use a bunch of countryisms. And I didn't know any countryisms, but I knew I wanted to do this. And so I just looked up a website that had a bunch of countryisms. And when I started using them at different moments, like I definitely got some good laughter out of the rest of the table. Totally. And so my guy was like, that boy's nuttier than a squirrel turd. There you go. And everybody was like, oh my God. It's, hey, and they didn't expect that. It's perfect. And for specifically for doing voices, um, especially like, um, you know, like regional dialects and things like that, like. Like if you wanted to learn how to do a Scottish accent, um, you can go on YouTube and there are literal videos recorded by voice acting coaches who will actually run down. Like one of the really interesting things that I have found about doing different voices is that if you look at how if you actually watch with your eyes people speaking, people from different regions speaking, people from different places that speak the same way tend to use the same mouth shapes. So like over in the UK, in 
like in London, people who have been born and raised in London in a specific area, when they speak, like the corners of their mouths will only reach a certain amount out into like into their cheeks or like when they open their mouths wide. It's a little bit more subdued. Yeah, they'll make specific shapes yeah. where over here in the U.S., you might see more extreme mouth movement. People open their mouths wider to say things or sometimes like corner yeah. of the mouth talking. Yeah, um, yeah. It's yeah. Really stuff like that interesting. is really good. You'll learn certain keywords that will also set you in. Uh, one thing that is difficult for me is jumping from accent to accent <laughs> quickly. Like I can sit on one accent for a long time, especially but if, if I, have I several start characters. doing an accent while you're doing. Yeah, if you start doing an accent, <laughs> I can't get away that's from your accent. My favorite. <laughs> you're yeah, like, becomes, God dang it! <laughs> you know, there's a fine line between Scottish and Irish sometimes. There, there certainly can be. The, the, there's like some bouncing that happens too. Um, turns out that, um, and I never realized this, but the Irish and Jamaican accents are actually very closely related because of uh, Irish um, indentured servants brought into Central America. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I never realized they were so similar, but when you you start really thinking about it, like they are quite similar. Hmm. Um, Anyway, so knowing little factoids is useful, but charisma is not just about voice acting and some GMs just aren't comfortable with this. That's fine. I think what's more important is focusing on the emotional state of your characters and sort of their mannerism in, in how they talk and what kind of demeanor mm. they're giving off. Okay. So for instance, like I'm not doing a voice right now. Like I'm just using my voice, but you can definitely tell that I'm like using a certain characterization. Right. Right. I know. Um, um like, one thing that a lot of people will struggle with is um, trying to voice a character who is a different gender than they are. Like if if you if yeah. you typically speak in a deeper, uh, more more male or masculine voice, and you want to convey more of a female or feminine voice, one of the one of the things you can do is if you don't want to like go whole hog into the thing, you can just raise your voice an octave or, you know, speak in a slightly can, higher register without being cartoony. You don't right. have to talk like this. That just makes yourself. Although stupid. sometimes that's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's fun to do the Monty Python, like, especially for like old ladies or something like that. Like, what are you talking about? You know, yeah. Yeah. Like do Brian's mom. Right. He's a very just, like, naughty boy. <laughs> he's not the messiah he's a very naughty boy that's right like i love i love that voice um but yeah again it can have much more to do with the characterization and demeanor right uh, you know like what if you're playing a female but she's also like the guard captain and kind of like athletic oh right? yeah she's like kind of a a rainbow dash type you there know? you go um you know that's still gonna be a little bit different yep and so, yeah, softening your consonants might work or, you know, using a higher tone, but you you don't even have to necessarily go that far. Yeah. Don't think so much about defining them by their genders 
as much as they're they have a gender and a personality and the personality is the part that is the more important. Right. And so, um, yeah, focus on those things, but even more important is being able to allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to give off emotion Mm. to when a character is scared, being scared when a character is enraged, let them be mad. And this, this you know, goes when, for players, too. Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I think this all ultimately comes down to whatever it is you're trying to sell, really try to sell it. You got to put yourself out there. Like, we can be really scared because we want to be cool. You know what I mean? And we don't want to embarrass oh, ourselves. I left that. I left that uh, but it, dream a long Yeah, if you're time trying ago. to be cool, like, you're in the wrong hobby, my dude. You know, like, you need to. Just go for it. Nobody thinks that so, a guy doing the old screechy lady from Monty Python is cool. Look at that. Well, kid. I think it's yeah, cool, it but. is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that's true. You know when when you 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 do need to open yourself up to being a bit vulnerable and being a bit silly. What what can help a lot with this is frankly just not taking yourself so seriously and being able to laugh at yourself a little bit because once you can and once you can just accept like okay i'm just going to be really silly right here and this is going to be ridiculous and that's fine it'll also kind of snowball into accepting when you know i'm going to try to vocalize my character crying or, you know, maybe not full on crying, but like getting choked up or, you know, feeling those heavier, more serious emotions that do feel genuinely vulnerable. Um, And I got to say, like, I have I've never experienced nor have I ever heard of anyone experiencing um, people giving them a hard time when when they make that sort of effort at the table. I'm sure that people have experienced those things, but I haven't yeah. run into those. Um, but also don't play with those people. Yeah, right? don't play like with those you people. Need to, don't play with those people because you need to be able to, to cut loose, be emotional yep. sometimes, you know? And uh, if uh, your table will probably actually be more comfortable doing those things themselves, yep. if you can lead the way. And that's extremely important. You need your players to to feel safe enough to go yeah. there. And no, almost no player is going to do that day one. And so you got to invite them. So and uh, as, as yeah. a GM, you know, if if you are the GM, anything that you want your players to do, you need to do your best to exhibit that thing. If you want your players to get heavy into their role playing, you need to bring that kind of uh, intensity as well. You need to set set the example or set the standard that you want your players to rise to. Um, I don't like using NPCs that involve themselves in combat a whole lot. I do every now and then, but I do love to have NPCs that can help sort of guide social situations. Mm. Like if the players rescue somebody, I like to have that person interact at camp 
perhaps sure. because I can kind of prod my players into talking yeah, into getting to talk to them. I've had so many situations where I've been like, okay, you're in camp. Uh, take this moment to role play with each other. And um, I, I might even give them an incentive, mm-hmm. but I, fi- I, I find that when I say stuff like that, I don't really get anything. Yeah. But if I just start the ball, ball rolling and I say uh, the squire that you saved, he walks up to you and he says, I don't know if I ever said that I was that I was grateful for your rescue. I, I know I was harsh back there. I just I, I was really scared. I'm sorry. He looks at you with sincerity in his eyes and a little bit of shame. How do you respond? Right. That's going to definitely get you a lot more <laughs> than saying, all right, everyone talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. I'm going to be working on the next map. Yeah. Right? Everybody's just going to go get a drink. Yeah. They're just like, uh, even if I say stuff like, okay, there are experience points up for grabs through good role playing. Mm. It, again, if I don't give them a prompt, then they're just not going to know what to say. And then also players are often being too polite to do things. So if they're being quiet, you don't necessarily take that as an insult. Like they might just be having a Canadian standoff. Right. And they're waiting for the other person to, to go first. Mm, so. I will out polite the crap out of you. <laughs> no, after, <laughs> after you. you. No, after you. Oh, my um, goodness. So we don't want to do that. Uh, Charisma also is great in combat, uh, saying you take three damage. Okay, your turn. Sell it. Um, not 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 very interesting. We definitely want to sell uh, these moments, uh, but also don't uh, not every three damage attack needs to be an eight paragraph essay. Um, concise, but exciting. Yeah. Okay. And that's the thing uh, you really want to go for. I, you know, I've had GMs describe like an eight hit combo and I dealt like, you know, 10 damage mm-hmm. and that's that's fine. But it's like it got to be. Where if every hit is special, then none of them are. Yeah. You want you want to kind of lay it on thick with those big hits or those critical hits or those killing blows. You don't really want to lay it on thick for everything. Yeah. But you can always give a little bit of illustration. Yeah. What's what's yeah. what's always been interesting to me is trying to remember that hit points, especially in D and D, are are not a literal representation of like the blood in your character's body it is a well it's not only right, that it's a general representation of your character's ability to continue under strain and under and yeah, under it's, pressure it's fatigue it's pain it's injury it's meat it's everything so just because right? you dealt 10 damage does not mean that you, you know, sliced his chest wide open. You might, you know, you might have just thrown off his groove for crying out loud. You know, that that 10 damage can mean all kinds of things. Yeah, you su- you surprised him, right? Or you did a setup. Right. You might also explain stuff like um, you know, you block the hit with your shield, but you feel like your arm is like numb from the yep. impact. You wonder if you've you've overstrained. You gather yourself, but you remain uninjured. But they're like, but I lost 10 hit points. It's like, yeah, but that's, again, just representing where you're at in the in the battle. Yep. Right. Um, sometimes you can compl- confuse players a little bit with this. Like 
especially if I have a, like a monster with a lot of natural armor yeah. and, and they get like a 17 to hit like a 19, mm-hmm. right? Then I might say, oh, the arrow hits, but the scales are very hard and it bounces off, yeah. uh, you know, falling to the floor. And they'll be like, okay, but on hit, I do this, this, and this. I'm like, no, 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 no. It was a miss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I think to me, charisma is a lot about um, just getting excited and trying your best to invite everyone else that you're running for to participate and partake of your excitement and trying to take the mood and all the things that you're feeling and trying to share that with everyone else um, to create these you know for for me it's all about memorable moments but um you know i've i've gotten to a place where like you know i've charisma is my happy stat i think yeah I think um so. and i think i think that's ultimately what it boils down to is taking all the excitement and all the the drama and all the all the great emotional moments that you imagine in your mind and presenting things in such a way where it's obvious that you want other people to to feel okay with participating in this as well like you want your players to know like this is something to get excited about this is something scary this is something dramatic this is this is something that you should feel let yourself feel it because there there are a lot of people like we ran into this when i was running curse of strahd like i actually had to talk to people and say look part of this whole thing is that like you are a person who is you you are not in control of the situation like and you need to you know, if we're going for fear, you as the player need to play into that. Fear, yes. You know, yep. well, otherwise, you know, if you just Superman, everything that you deal with, like, you know, then what's the point? Right. 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 So, um, no, I totally get that. Yeah. And, you know, we could almost go with these stats with, with players in detail. Um, but from the, from the GM's perspective, I mean, I think we've, we've basically said it yep. right. Like, Make yourself vulnerable, try out new things, but maybe only one at a time yep. and, um, and just sell, 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 sell. sell. Coffee right. is one trick closers. that I use. What <laughs> one, um, trick that I use is I just visualize in my mind the moment and I just describe what I see. Yep. And that's very helpful to get a few things out. I don't describe everything. I describe a couple things. I describe everything. You know, <laughs> I know you do. It's a little much. Sometimes. I know it is. It's a little much <laughs> so, for me. But that's wisdom, knowing when that's, to stop. That's right. right. <laughs> Can't stop. Won't stop. No. Will but stop. Having said that, if you want a GM who is uh, very narrative, that is going to give you all the details, and then Andrew is definitely a good pick for you. Yeah. So just don't expect it to happen for more than a month. <laughs> <laughs> but boy, how do you have a month? Oh, boy. So. Uh, so what do you think? Anything else you want to tack on to this puppy? I'll, the only thing, the last thing I'll say is just remember that all of these are connected yep. in some form and building one up is, is good for the others. And of course they connect to the physical stats. 
as well. Don't be overwhelmed and make yourself like a ton of goals. Yep. Make yourself like uh, go one on. or two. Yep. You know, just come up with something like this week. I'm going to work on wisdom. And the way I'm going to do it is this. And I'll know if I succeeded, if I, if this happens. Yep. All right. Um, and then next time, try another yep. one and then try another one. And it, it'll, it'll amaze you how quickly you're going to improve if you're actively trying to um, improve specific areas of your skill set. Right. You know, but if you try to do too much at once, you'll burn out, you'll fail and you'll feel that failure in a bigger way. Mm. Right. Our, we can only juggle so much information at once. So pick your battles. Yep. Definitely. All right. Chunk it. Chunk it. All right. Well, thank you all yep. for listening. We really, really appreciated it. Uh, and we still appreciate it because uh, I don't know why I made that past then. Um, so if you enjoy the show and if you'd like to support the show, please write us a review. Tell your friends, spread the word and hand out a bunch of that secret ingredient. Love. Get people involved. Bring them over. Show them the show. Also, if you would like to support the show in a different way, you can head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and support us at any of the tiers there. There are a lot of cool rewards, including being able to be in a game that Adam is running and uh, as well as access to our private discord channel where we've got a bunch of fine folks over there. Those wonderful people whose names you heard at the beginning of the, of, uh, the episode. They are active. The conversations are great. They're informative and they are full of that secret ingredient and sometimes cat pictures. So if you're down with that sort of thing, come see the kitties. A lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so check out the Patreon. Maybe write us a review. It's not hard. Doesn't cost you anything. We will love you for it. And um, with regard to this episode this week, like Adam was saying, Find something that you want to work on, some part of your own GM stats that you want to work on and just try to improve just a little bit. Do one little thing and you'd be surprised at the difference that it makes. And until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.